Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, good to see everyone today. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you're here. If you're new with us at Centerpoint, I'm John, I'm lead pastor, and I'm just grateful that you came. And I want to share a couple of things uh, before I dive into the message. First of all, if you're new with us, you may not know that a number of years ago, we had this idea that there should be an extension of what we're doing here at Centerpoint over on the, uh, the east side of town. And we launched a church over there. And today is the three-year anniversary of Livingstone's Church. And I just want to say, yay, God, for how he's worked through... Pastor Justin and Chelsea and the whole team to create lots of, lots of opportunities for people to know Jesus. So we got to, we got to launch that. We're part of it. And last weekend, uh, last weekend was the official launch weekend of Champion Church in Nashville, Tennessee. We sent Pastor James out there. He started a church, and it's going. Hey, that was, no, 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 no. Come on, celebrate. God is on the move. Woo. Yeah. It's important to recognize these kinds of things, you know, milestones where we can see God's been doing something and it's been good and we get to shout about it, right? And so that's a, 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 a gift to be able to celebrate when God's doing some great things. Okay, I want to uh, take you up on uh, week two of relationships. In this series, what we're doing is we're saying, God, give me practical wisdom so that the relationships in my life can be a little bit more like you would want them to be. I mean, that's the big picture, what we're going for in this series. And I hope that you caught where we began last week, which was with friendship. And the reason I began a series on relationships with friendship is because there is no higher order of connecting with one another than the friendship that God would call us to live in. And so if you missed last weekend, I encourage you to get online and check that message out. And let's do this series all together. But we begin with friendship. And then this weekend, I'm continuing with part two. And I hope that you're having a good experience with your group. If you are not in a group yet for this relationship series, get in a group. Because it's going to help you to actually just make the most of it. And so you can go on our website and click where it says connect. And it'll be pretty easy and painless. But before you know it, you might be sitting around with a few people that you've never known before becoming friends. And then for somebody, that's actually the best spiritual thing that could happen in your life um, right about now. So uh, I want to get ready to jump into the scriptures. You know, uh, I'm going to talk about communication. And uh, I was thinking about this. There's this. There's this uh, spacecraft called the Voyager in the Voyager 2 that they launched in 77. And this spacecraft they sent out there, it's going to you know, take measurements here and there and send all of those readings back to Earth, messages coming back to Earth. And uh, there's these scientists and people that in 77 said, you know what, if we're going to be sending this thing out there and it's just going to keep going, I mean, what if there's somebody out there? Like, we should put a message on this thing. We should send a message. I mean, if there's some intelligent life, we need to let them know that we're here. And so they made this, uh, this golden record. Uh, and they put a golden record on the outside of Voyager 2. And they launched it. And it's still out there. And on this golden record, they put some really weird markings and symbols that apparently have some kind of scientific meaning to someone somewhere. But uh, they, they put... Uh, an audio track of some of the Earth's greatest language, and then uh, 55 languages of people giving a greeting, something to the effect of, 
hello from the children of planet Earth, you know, in 55 languages. And I mean, they put a lot of effort into this and they put it on gold. I mean, because you can't be just sending those aliens regular old vinyl. So they put it on gold and sent it out there. And, and then uh, in terms of trying to talk with, with aliens, then up in Northern California, there's this place called the Hat Creek Observatory where the SETI Institute, which stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, has an array of 42 uh, satellites that cost hundreds of millions of dollars to operate and build and maintain. And, and those satellites are all just focused up on the sky, just waiting. Their sole purpose is to receive messages from alien life out there. And to date, uh, from, for, you know, decade after decade, there has been zero message received. Just saying, just saying. And uh, I, for what it's worth, I just want to put this out there. I do not believe in aliens. There, if you've wondered about it and you have, some of you have messaged me, you've asked me, you've sent me links to videos that I didn't watch, just want you to know. But <laughs> we don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into aliens. I'm just trying to say, like, we put a lot of effort into trying to do some communications with some hypothetical beings out there somewhere. And meanwhile, we got stuff going on right here. Like, meanwhile, on planet Earth, there's this one guy is like enjoying some time with his wife late at night. They're sitting out on the porch looking at the stars and taking in the beautiful night sky. And she starts watching some videos on, on TikTok on her phone. And he looks over at her when she's laughing. And she, she's laughing and, and smiling. And something catches his eye about her. And, and it's the way the sun or the moon rather is kind of hitting her and and he's just looking at her he's feeling a little romantic and he says he says hey baby do you know that in the moonlight your teeth look just like pearls and she said well who is pearl and what are you doing in the moonlight with her yeah I know it's ridiculous I didn't even need I had to do something I had to do something just to make the point that communication really makes or breaks a relationship and, and I want us to embrace today the idea that every single one of us can actually grow and improve in our communication. But let me begin by saying this. Your communication, what you do with your communication can actually be an indicator of the strength and the quality of your spiritual connection with God. And I want, I want you to start there by just kind of taking ownership of that. And so it says this in James chapter 1, verse 26. It says, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Ooh. I think what's being revealed here is that, that your, your spiritual connection with God, and I would choose to express it that way rather than just the word religion, but your spiritual connection with God should lead to transformation in your life. I mean, that's kind of what we're getting at. And one of the areas that you and I are meant to be transformed is in how we communicate. I mean, the Bible word that's used again and again is the word tongue. But we can uh, substitute our contemporary word communication. And I hope that we'll take it to heart that if I have a legitimate life in Jesus Christ, a spiritual life that's for real, I should be being changed. I should be being transformed, and I am. But that affects all that I am, including how I communicate. And so today, I want to take to heart what God's word has to say about this, and I want to understand how I can be transformed so that my spiritual life in Jesus affects what I say and how I communicate. And so James 1.19 says this, 
Understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Why don't we read this all together, this one verse, out loud. Ready? Go. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You must all. Okay, so this includes every single one of us, and this is the inspired word of God calling you and I up to a higher level. And it says, you must all. And I think I can take that to mean any particular one of us in any particular relationship we might have. Whether your relationship where you need to grow in your communication is, is your friendship or is your people that you're working with, your colleagues or, or your teammates or your, your, your kids or your parents, your cousins, your, your spouse, whatever it might be. There are three keys that can unlock the kind of growth in relationship communication that you and I need. And so I want us to just focus in for the next 20 minutes or so on those three keys that are there in James 1.19. It says, so all of you must be, did you catch it? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. The three keys, they're right there. So the first one, what I want to begin with is just simply this. I want to level up my listening. If I'm really game about this whole relationships thing, if I want to shift things so that my relationships are more positive, then that's where I want to begin, right where the Word of God began, with leveling up my listening. I level up my listening. Say it with me. I level up my listening. If I want to shift things in my relationships in a way that is in keeping with the Word of God and reap the benefits, then I start here. I level up my listening. Okay, so... The, the scripture here said this phrase, uh, quick to listen, quick to listen. And on one hand, you, you could think, okay, I'm going to be quick to listen. So everywhere I go, I'm going to just like quickly go, like, in case I'm trying to Or you could, instead of doing what the Bible says, you could do what the Bible means. And that's what I really want to get into. So just when you think, I, I know what it means, quick to listen, I get it, I get it. I'm going to ask us to go a little dip, deeper so that we can do what the Bible means. So I level up my, my listening. The reason I'm starting there is because of what I understand communication to be. Communication is the art of sharing, sending, and receiving information both to understand and to be understood. So those three things. It, it, it's the art of sending, sharing, and receiving information to understand and to be understood. So that's where we begin, with just that big picture understanding. For, for the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm going to download a, a, a massive amount of content. I hope you'll take some notes and write some things down. And I think that maybe if you listen for, for the one or two things that the Holy Spirit might be kind of nudging you to take to heart, to say, that's my thing out of all of this that I'm going to begin to dive a little bit more deeply into. That's what I hope you'll do. But I level up my listening. I begin there, and the reason is because communication is about uh, being understood and understanding. But the scripture said, be quick to listen. And what that means is that my priority needs to be to understand you. Listen to understand. That's where I want to begin. That's where I hope that you would begin as well. Uh, you would begin where the scripture begins. It says in Proverbs 18:2, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Do you want to be a fool? I didn't think so. 
And so we're going to take this to heart and, and, and place understanding at the front of our order of communication. We're going to seek to understand as the first order of business. We're going to decide my priority in communication is to understand. To be quick to listen is to be somebody who places understanding others first as the priority. That means I am going to value your experience. I'm going to value your perspective. I'm going to make space for your opinion, and I'm going to do that first. It's not just about me getting what I want to say out there and thinking that was my communication. It's about me beginning by being quick to listen. Everyone say, quick to listen. And it's not just about what you do with your ear. It's about what you do with your heart. It's about saying, I prioritize taking in your viewpoint, your feelings, your concerns, your perspective on stuff. When you do that, you cause someone to feel valued known, heard, listened to, and it's going to help. So you begin by leveling up the listening. Proverbs 18, 13 says this. It says, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. And I like the way it says it in the message. It says, answering before listening is both, say it, stupid and rude. And this is the scripture just coming at us really directly. And it's saying, you need to understand how important it is that you prioritize listening. When you just start shooting off and blurting out whatever, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're probably bringing harm or injury into the relationship, and it's time to level up the listening. I'll just, I'll just uh, share on a personal level, this is sometimes challenging. Some of us have some, some patterns that have kind of gotten baked into us. Like, for example, for me, one of my patterns where, where I need to level up the listening is I might be in a conversation or a meeting or something like that, and somebody's talking, and, and they're about a sentence and a half through what they wanted to say, a sentence and a half. You heard me, right? And I figure, well, I kind of get the gist of what they're trying to say. I kind of know where this is all going and whatever, whatever. So I begin to just speak right over them until they can't even finish their sentence. Does anyone relate to that at all? Maybe I don't do it that loud, but man, I, I, I end up sometimes doing exactly what I just described, like not even letting someone finish their sentence. And let me tell you what a blessing that is to that other person. Isn't that helpful for the relationship? Not at all. I, I need to level up my listening. And for me personally, that's just one example of an area where I am on a learning curve to say, God, help me to do that. Here's what it looks like, practically speaking. I think I know what they're trying to express in a sentence and a half, but I restrain myself. I'm, 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 I'm praying that Psalm 143, God set a guard over my mouth. And will it take another five minutes or whatever it takes to listen? Yeah, maybe. But guess what? If I take that time to actually take in what they're sharing, guess what's going to be achieved? Communication. Because I'm going to start by seeking to understand. And then I can probably, maybe, just probably be understood. So, so we seek to level up our listening. We begin there. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says this. It says, though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding draws it out. Everyone say, draws it out. Draw it out. 
When you are engaging in communication and you know my goal is to be quick to listen, and what that really means is that I put understanding as my priority. I want to understand their perspective, understand their opinion, understand their experience, where they're coming from, because that's what God's word suggests to us. When I do that, I am called by what we just read in God's word to draw it out. And so here's what that looks like. I'm, I'm talking with you and you make a statement and I say, say more about that. Hey, why don't you all practice that one phrase real quick. Just say more about that. Look at the person sitting next to you and just look at them right in the eyes and say, say more about that. Except not right, right now, just a little bit later. But you, that phrase, say more about that. Or tell me how you feel about this. Tell me how, how you feel about that. That is a way to begin to draw it out. And every one of us, if we have people that we claim are important to us, then this is a gift that you can give to them in your communication by seeking to understand and employing God's wisdom to draw out from them the things that are inside of their heart. They make one statement and they're ready to stop there, but you gotta know there's more. Ask the question, say more about that. Tell me how you're feeling about that. That unlocks the heart to begin to flow a little bit more. Wouldn't you want to be on the receiving side of somebody saying to you, as you're beginning to make your feelings know, hey, tell me more about that. Doesn't that sound like something you'd like to hear? Be the one that gives that then. Be quick to listen. Be quick to set the priority on understanding and draw out from someone what is otherwise in their heart. Ask good questions. Follow up on what they're saying with the interest. And don't make assumptions. Making assumptions, assuming you know what's in someone's heart, is not going to be helpful for you or the relationship. Proverbs 15, 28, it says, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. But again, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Did you hear that? That was Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. I got to get that back up on the screen and uh, keep them up for a little bit longer uh, so that we can dwell on it together. Proverbs 15, 28. And I want you to say this out loud with me. The, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before... We'll stop again and say that one more time. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The heart of the... Okay, no. Before I, before I go on, I want you to just take your, your hand and put it on your heart and just make this declaration. I am godly. I know some of us are wondering, like, really? I'm not sure if that applies. One simple question. Would you trust in Jesus to forgive your sin and save your life? Then by virtue of what Jesus did for you, you are godly, and you just take, take ownership of that. I am godly. Just say it one more time with me. I am godly. <laughs> I am godly. And now, because you know who you are, let me say it again, Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Thinking carefully before speaking is an attribute of somebody who is godly. It's meant to be an attribute of you. Thinking carefully before speaking. This is something that's dramatically important, especially in moments of heightened tension. And, and the reason for this is that there are probably some moments where you're bringing a lot of weight to the situation and 
You, you need to actually think before you speak. You need to determine, this is what I really need to share because this is what's really happening inside of my heart as I think about this person and what's going on. It's worth it to take the time to do that. I can't tell you how many times in pastoral counseling with a person, one of my directives is, here's what I need you to do. I need you to write down everything that you just blurted out, and then I need you, we're going to refine it to the three really important things. And then you're going to share that directly with the person that you need to talk with. That thinking carefully before speaking sometimes means you do what I just described. Sometimes it means that in the middle of a conversation, you let there be an awkward pause. In the middle of the interaction, you just kind of go, it's okay. It's better that there's a little bit of an awkward pause than that there's something that gets blurted out that you end up regretting that does harm once it came across. There's a reason why when a lot of us were kids, we learned that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's because the words did hurt, and they were trying to get you to believe that they did it. But the truth is that they do. And we don't want to be the people who are inflicting the hurt with the words. So we're going to take the time to think about what we're going to communicate before we communicate it. That's leading into number two. The second thing I want to do as a relationship is I want to tone up my talking. So I've leveled up my listening. I know that understanding you is the priority, but this is what comes next is I'm going to tone up my talking. Everybody say that. I tone up my talking. I tone up my talking. The scripture said we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. But what does slow to speak really mean? Maybe it means I'm going to <laughs> Nah, I'm not going to do that. I was going to try to keep it going for a little bit too long, but it wasn't even getting a courtesy chuckle from most of you, so <laughs> I'll stop right there. But I am, going to be, uh, I am going to be working on how I'm talking. I mean, that's really what that's about. Uh, one of my kids said to me uh, the other day, you know, flexed their muscles and said, hey, uh, check, out my, check out my muscles. And I did, and, I, and they said, no, 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 touch it, touch it, touch it, feel it. You see how toned it is? I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's toned, that's incredible. And the tone in that arm of my kid reflected hours at the gym, early morning weight training and afternoon workouts and all of that stuff, and all of that effort led to the tone looking good. What I want to suggest is that when it comes to your communication in relationships, there's room for each of us to tone up our talking. And what that really means is that you and I, we're going to put some effort into what ends up coming out of our mouths. We're not going to settle for just being people who just blurt out whatever and hope it works out. But instead, we're going to be thoughtful about how we communicate, what does come through our lives, what messages we are sending, what it means on the receiver's side of things. I'm going to tone up my talking. Okay, so for me personally, here's something that I need to do in order to tone up my talking. That is to be slow to speak. I have to, I have to check the weather. And when I say check the weather, I, I'm not talking about getting on my phone and seeing whether it's going to be 99 degrees today, because it is. I already know that. I'm talking about my weather, checking my weather. Sometimes I feel a certain way. And my weather inside is partly, partly sunny. And that's good. Yeah. Partly sunny is the feeling I'm going with. And some days I, I, I'm feeling like sunny all the way, sunny and blue skies. And, and that affects how I communicate, the kind of things I say when I'm speaking. Sometimes I, I discern the weather inside of me is cloudy. 
And that means I got a grumpiness going on. And that's going to affect what I say and what I'm speaking and how that comes through to people. Sometimes it's full-on category five hurricane inside of me. And, and I bring that. I bring that to the communication. And I need to be aware of it and own it. And sometimes just stopping to just check in with myself a little bit. And I do this. I can feel it. I'm walking out of my car, coming into a meeting or something, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm cloudy. I'm cloudy. I got clouds going on. Okay. <laughs> and then I know, be a little bit more careful. Because that cloudiness can affect how I communicate. And I can end up coming through with a bunch of grumpiness that ends up putting someone else on edge. So toning up the talking may look like taking a step like that. Here's where, here's where we need to land. Proverbs 13.3 says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. There's some laughter there. I wonder why. Some of us know exactly what that looks like when, when we do that. <laughs> but God's calling you and I to be people who, who, who control our tongue. Control our tongue. That is to, to have some restraint over what we express and how we express it, what it means as we say it. And one of the ways that I've learned that is helpful for me to do this is to speak for myself. Here's what that looks like. In, in one version of communication, I might come towards you and, and I'm saying, well, you're this and you're doing that and you're making these things happen. And that... You can, even in a false little silly example, it makes you kind of go, ooh, you feel it coming at you, right? You this and you're that doesn't even feel good even when we're just messing around playing with words. But what is more helpful is when I can approach that moment by saying something like this, speaking for myself. I'm struggling with whatever this issue is. Hey, I'm, I'm wrestling about. I want you to just try those two phrases for a moment. I'm struggling with I'm struggling with it. Or, or I'm wrestling about. I mean, that, that's a, speaking for yourself. And that kind of communication is more likely to actually make it to the person that you're talking to without causing a sense of defensiveness. So speak for yourself. That's where we're beginning. Speak for yourself. And as you speak for yourself, understand this. Proverbs 16, 21 says, the wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. Pleasant words. Everybody say pleasant words. Yes. Pleasant words. People everywhere are looking for some empathy, including the ones closest to you, at work, at home, you know, in your friendships. We are all looking for empathy, somebody who can you know, hear where we're coming from and have a, a sense of compassion for what's going on in our lives and to say something back to us that lets us know that they see us. And you are the one who may be on assignment from heaven to do that very thing. Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Kind words. For some of us, one of the best things we could do is just take what we just read and decide, I'm going to live that. Amen. Kind words. Kind words. Imagine this for a moment. Just imagine that if for the next week, you, with, with each one of the people in your life that's, that means something to you, your, your best friends, your uh, co-workers that you love, and your spouse, or who, your parents, or your kids, what if, imagine this for a moment, if you disciplined yourself to each day communicate to them some kind words, 
Just simply a moment where you said something to them that affirmed that you appreciate them and that you value them every day. Do you think that might actually help the relationship? Could you imagine yourself doing that? And, and, and let me challenge you a little bit further. For some of you, if the people are around you in physical proximity, here's what I mean. I mean literally grab hold of them, maybe grab hold of their shoulder in a gentle kind of way and look at them and say to them, you are amazing. And then name the reason why. Just imagine yourself doing that. Now, for some of you, when you have that moment, you need to realize that your communication is coming through your physical touch. That's just as much a part of your communication as what's coming out of your mouth. And then the look in your eyes. Being able to look right into someone's eyes without kind of looking shifty or shaky. <laughs> but some of you, you also need to know that what you're communicating in your face is part of your communication too. And so instead of saying like this, I want you to know that you're awesome. <laughs> Some of you know that guy. <laughs> Some of you are that guy. You're in my club with me. <laughs> but you, you need to know that your communication is 55% or more, depending on what study you read, nonverbal. And so that, that touch, that tender touch, is important. It's part of how the kind words flow. That looking in the eyes, that's part of how the kind words flow. That choice to smile while you say it, man, that means something. So right now, just practice, practice on me. Go ahead, some smile. You can give me the smile. Ah, there it is. Look like pearls. Oh, no, we already did that one. <laughs> oh. For somebody, I want you to hear this. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. I'm going to just repeat that again. Don't use foul, or abusive language. Why don't you read that first phrase out loud with me? Say it. Don't use foul or abusive language. And we'll keep going. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement for those who hear them. This is God's heart for what communication can look like. But I got to begin over here with don't use foul or abusive language. And listen, I have that thing that happens to me sometimes where I'll meet someone for the first time and, you know, they don't know who I am or what I do or whatever. And then they'll just be talking however they want to talk. And you can fill in the blanks with your imagination and imagine what that looks like, talking about this blankety-blank and that blankety-blank, and then the subject comes up like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, 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 oh sorry, sorry about that. I didn't, sorry, I didn't know. And, and it happens all the time to me. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but it's, I think because somewhere along the line, like the word has gotten out that, that in the Christian community, we've kind of said, hey, we're going to back off from certain ways of of speaking, and, and here's where that comes from. Don't use foul or abusive language. Why would that matter? Why does it matter? Well, Jesus said what comes out of your mouth is what makes you un un unclean. And, and there's something about foul language. Foul language, we used to call those words what? We called them what kind of words? Curse words. We called them curse words because however those words originated, a bunch of four-letter words and whatnot, they have an origin in sort of pulling on an energy, pulling on a force that definitely is not from heaven and may very well be from hell. And so a curse word. And so the scripture calls you and me to say, hey, recognize that. 
Your words do have power, but some of them, the power that they carry is not for building up, not for benefit, not for healing, not for help, and actually carries some kind of an energy that is really harmful. So those kind of words, just stop. Just stop. For some of us, that's something we need to work on. Can I just be frank with you? For some of us, that's what we need to work on because we don't even know it, but we're inviting something really ugly in the spiritual realm to be a kind of a part of the communication process when we're not filtering some things out. And then what happens is you kind of get to a place where you just don't talk that way anymore. And you're like, huh, yeah, wow. It, it feels kind of good to be kind of free from the, the nasty, uh, slimy stuff coming through my talk all the time. So. Don't use foul language, but also abusive language. You know what I'm talking about, right? Abusive language, where we start blasting each other with insults, calling each other terrible things and names. And God's saying, look, you know, you're going to hurt somebody with that. And it's going to cause a, a wound that's going to need to be worked out. And so God's calling some of us, I think, to, to recognize an area where we can grow. That's what I want from this. I don't, I don't want any condemnation to be felt about this. If you're feeling a little tug in your heart, that's just the Holy Spirit going, hey, this is an area where we can grow. Let's do it. And the reason this is important is because of what we read in James 1.19. Let me remind you again. It was just one sentence, but it's so important. It said, let each of you be quick to listen, slow to speak, and the third one was slow to get angry. And it's interesting here, God includes anger as one of the three keys to experiencing a, 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 an improvement in communication, dealing with the anger. And it's incredibly important for you and I to deal with our anger, especially when it comes to communication. Because if we don't deal with the anger, we're going to bring it unfiltered right into the communication moment and probably hurt somebody with what co communication happens. So I, I, I level up my listening. I tone up my talking, and I allay my anger with the Lord. That's the third part of this message, and, and it's just simply this. I allay my anger with the Lord. I allay my anger with the Lord. The, obviously, you figured out I was looking for a, a, a word that would start with A, and I found one, and it was just right. It's the word allay. Allay. It means to moderate, to soothe, to calm and when I'm angry, it's usually because I'm afraid of something, or I've been hurt by something, or there was something I wanted or expected that I didn't get. And before I get into the real meat of the communication, I got to figure that out. And so I need to allay my anger with the Lord, with God, who can handle it. Oh, God, I'm so angry about this thing. I wanted her to do this, and then she didn't. And I, I allay my anger with the Lord. And in the process, I'm identifying it's this. It's this thing. I wanted this thing, and I didn't get it. And then I can communicate clearly. See how that works? Y'all are so quiet. I allay my anger with the Lord. Just say it. I allay my anger with the Lord. I allow God's presence to bring some soothing and calming to my anger and some discerning into what that anger is about. Because... This is what James 1.19 goes on to say. James 1.19 and 20 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. I got to own that. 
And there's a way to deal with my anger. And it's in the presence of God. He can handle it. And he allows that anger to be allayed enough that I can now enter into communicating with a bit more clarity rather than a bunch of heat that would just burn things up. So Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer deflects wrath, but harsh words make tempers flare. A gentle answer. How am I going to get to the point where I can bring a gentle answer if I haven't first listened to what God's word said and being slow to get angry, allaying my anger with the Lord? That process is incredibly important for me to be able to provide a gentle answer so that wrath doesn't get stirred up. That's what I'm praying for and hoping for in each of our relationships. My prayer is, is Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a way to pray that God would help you with everything we're talking about today. So in, in wrapping this message up, I level up my listening, I tone up my talking, and I lay my anger with the Lord. I'm going to just finish with this. Jesus... I think it wants for every single one of us to be able to grow in following him as disciples. And part of what that includes is taking to heart what we read in the scriptures, like what I've shared with you today, and actually putting it into practice in our lives. And as we do that, here's what, I, here's what I've experienced. I've experienced that there's an ebb and a flow. There's a bit of movement forward, and then sometimes there's a step back. And I definitely don't want to be standing up here and talking to you about communication and pretending to somehow be the guy who's figured it all out and does it all right. You know, I've got so, I've got so much to learn. But I want to invite you to join me in continuing to say, Jesus, help me live your word out. And I believe that he will and he does. And so for somebody, what you need to hear is just simply this, that God has an opportunity for you to receive his gift of salvation. Jesus says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but would have everlasting life. And verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. This is Jesus saying that's the plan from God for all eternity, not to condemn but to save. And so for somebody today, I want you to hear that. This is God's desire for you. It's part of why you ended up coming here today and you're hearing this right now because God has a desire for you to be saved. And to be saved requires me to recognize that I need to be, that I have a, that I have a, a need to be rescued and that it's Jesus who can do it. And his willingness to save me comes from his love for me. His love for you is what motivates him to want to save you. And for somebody today, you're a believer. You've been saved by the goodness of grace of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's your moment once again to thank him for it and to shout his praise. But for somebody else, this is your moment to receive it. And so as we pray together, I'm going to ask that God would do some spiritual awakening for somebody that you could receive his gift of salvation, even in this moment. Let's just take a couple of minutes and pray together. We'll just be in God's presence for a few minutes and pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that, um, that you said, I did not come to condemn, but to save. And I know, Father, that while we've been praying or talking rather about 
communication and it's probably drumming up for some of us some feelings of regret where we've kind of made some mistakes and we've said some things we wish we wouldn't have and we just, we, we, we end up getting in trouble with our communication. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not come to condemn. And so right now, Lord, I pray for a cleansing for every one of us, that instead of condemnation about areas where we can grow, that that would be washed off of us and instead we just experience a nudge from the Holy Spirit towards uh, conviction of opportunities where we can learn new ways. So God, I do pray for that. I pray, Lord, for each one of us that wishes that we could do our communication better with people. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to believe that we could grow. And Lord, for others of us right now where we're praying and we're, we're feeling, we are feeling convicted because we have said some things and we have done some damage with what we've said. God, I pray for your forgiveness to flow over us right now. While we're praying together, if, if you're sitting here saying, man, I really wish that I could grow in this whole thing of, of communication. I just, I know I need God's help. I think that sometimes we, we need to just be bold about acknowledging where we are and asking for the help that we need. And in this moment, maybe for some of us, what we could do that would be helpful is to admit it and to say, God, I do need your help. I need your help to grow in this whole thing of communication. And if you're with me on that, you're saying, man, I, I want to grow. I need God's help in the whole realm of communication. You could just raise your hand with me. This is us as believers. We're just saying, man, I, need, I do need God's help. There's a bunch of us, right? But Lord, I'm asking you to see us. Our hand raised is just an, an expression that, yes, God, we need you. And with our hands lifted high, I'm saying, God, would you help us? And by the power of your spirit, would you activate everything that we've read in the scriptures about being quick to listen? And we say, yes, I'll be quick to listen and slow to speak. That, yeah, I'm going to tone up my talking. I'm going to shift how I speak. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be slow to anger. God, I pray you'd help each one of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would do this by your spirit and that we'd have testimonies of your power having been at work. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray that you would do this spiritual awakening for any of us that simply need to come to know Jesus. While we're praying together, if you're here today and you would say, the truth is I have no idea where I stand with God. I just don't know. You can be right with God. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who said, I came not to condemn, but to save. But that saving happens when you finally are able to go, and I, I need to be saved. I need his rescue in my life. I cannot save myself. I can't fix myself. It's, it's too far gone. I, I know that I need his forgiveness of my sins. Maybe Today, you could just simply admit that and say, I need to ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save my life. And if that's where you're from right now, today, if that's what you're, you, where you're coming from, what you're thinking, I want you to just raise your hand with me if you want to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and save your life. You want to experience what he said that he would do, that he would save you. If that's you, just raise your hand with me. It's a moment to acknowledge I do need to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. Way over here on the left, thank you, it's great. If there's anyone else, I don't wanna miss you. This is a moment for you to just finally say yes to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you in the middle on my right. And with your hand raised, now you just pray with me for a second. A, a way you could pray would be something like this. Just start by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Jesus Christ, I believe in you.
would you forgive my sins and save my life? And ask him to do it. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Would you forgive my sins and save my life? And as you ask him to do this, trust him and receive his gift, even right now, of the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation that he offers. Thank you, Lord, for that gift of new life. I want you to all stand up together. And while you're standing, I want you to, I want you to just stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit for just a moment. And I want you to think about one person in your life that means a lot to you. Just one person in your life that means a lot to you. Could be anybody. Now I want you to take this as an assignment. <coughs> think of how you could communicate a blessing of kindness to them every day the rest of this week. Could you see yourself doing that? I think that would be a kingdom assignment for somebody that would bless that relationship and allow you to experience a new level of a relationship. Thank you, God, that you're with us and you're giving us grace to live your way. And we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor and thanks in this praise. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let me just begin. There you go.